CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, everybody. Waiting for Ben to get here. Wait. Oh, Ben is here. <laughs> Studio audience is pumped. <laughs> Wow, that that's never happened before. Standing out from the studio audience. I know. Must be Friday. They're in a good mood. Uh, yeah, and they were. Then they started singing "Part Time Lover." Yeah. Sorry. Uh, don't encourage <laughs> the singing. <laughs> Part Time Lover. Okay. I heard that song on the radio today, and I can't get it out of my mind. Hey, your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, April 8th, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more. <laughs> Including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Ben, tell us about the latest column in the Chicago Reader. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. Um, Absolutely, man. I uh, We'll probably get into it a little more. This is like I'm on my mind, Richard Irwin's. I analyzed Richard Irwin's uh, last commercial. He's Wait, you call him? Commercial. You call him Irwin? Uh, you call them Irwin? Irwins? You call them Richard oh, Irwin? Let's amend that out. <laughs> <laughs> Who was I thinking of? Oh, I was thinking of a certain lawyer. Let's uh, <laughs> let's edit the tape. <laughs> I was watching uh, the Richard Pryor roast for like the fifty thousand time, and Robin Williams comes on. Let's edit that. <laughs> Uh, Richard Irvin, <laughs> and um, it's the one where he says, uh, nothing scares lefties or the left as much as Republicans who look like me and think like us. And I'm like, whoa, I'm like, where's he going with that one? So, yeah, I took the deep dive on that one. And I got a feeling that subject will come up again uh, a little bit down the road if I know what Dennis has, uh, what tricks he has up his sleeve. Yeah. Uh, Richard Irvin news at nauseum this week, guys. Get ready for that. Your Ben Jarofsky show. Oh, and if you want to help out this program, you can, by the way. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. And the Ben Jarofsky show starts now. It is Friday. April 8th, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh, What a Week. And now your host, Oh, What a Bulls Hat He's Wearing, <laughs> Chicago Hello, Raider columnist Ben Jarofsky. I don't know what happened to me. I missed my cue there. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this uh, Lori Loves the New York Times Friday, and here's why. I got this text from uh, listener Frank. Frank, thank you very much. It arrived bright and early uh, this morning. And the uh, studio audience is thanking Frank as well. And it's a picture from Lori Lightfoot's Twitter feed of Lori Lightfoot uh, sitting and uh, reading the New York Times. And the reason she's reading the New York Times is because she's obviously basking in the glow, the joy we all have, everybody who is, I don't know, a human being, uh, over the fact that Katanji uh, Brown-Jackson was approved by the Senate to the Supreme Court. They actually got three Republicans. Three, they found three Republicans willing to vote for her. That's a miracle in and of itself. But uh, One of them from Alaska, by the way. That is very good. Senator Lisa Murkowski. 
knows that because he does the Alaskan news on his real job. <laughs> hey, now, come on. Uh, the job that pays him in the high six figures. Anyway. Um, oh, that does so, not pay me in the high six figures. <laughs> uh, just see if you're paying attention. I want BEZ, and I don't want them to get threatened now. Come on. I'm oh, my still God. looking B-E-Z. for that job offer, you, you know? Put that back in my mind. I heard them today. Mm, I should, like, conjure it. Reminding me again. Anyway, so uh, so there's a picture of her. She's celebrating. She's basking in the glow. Lori Lightfoot is Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Uh, and Katanji Brown-Jackson's uh, uh, the confirmation to the Supreme Court. But she's holding up an out-of-town newspaper, the New York Times. And Frank goes, what a way. Uh, nice of the mayor to support local journalism. And uh, so, well, in fairness to the mayor, did the if she wants to uh, point out that Katanji Brown-Jackson got confirmed, she could do that with the New York Times because she has the front page. She's reading the back of the New York Times, and the front page is forward, so you can see a picture of Katanji Brown-Jackson. It says, Jackson confirmed to Supreme Court as supporters hail historic moment. So that's why she's doing it. But then I looked at my beloved Bright went home delivered. Huge picture of Katanji Brown-Jackson. There's nothing else. Justice Jackson, it says. So she could have used that one. And then I got out the Tribune, also home delivered. Picture of uh, Justice Jackson and Joe Biden. Historic step. So Frank has a point, D. She could have used. Oh, we know why she's not using the Tribune, all right? Yes. His name is Gregory Pratt. (laughs) (laughs) Gregory, I hate to say it. You're the reason she, she, oh, my God, another great Gregory Pratt story today. I'll tell you what, he's bulldog of the year right now in terms of his coverage of uh, City Hall. Nobody is as tough as Gregory (laughs) He comes at him hard, ladies and gentlemen, about the Columbus statue. I don't know if that's in our news today. But it's like Mayor Lori Lightfoot. in the <laughs> got to laugh, D, man. This stuff is crazy. The smartest thing she did in terms of quelling, like just people fighting in the street, was to move the statue. Now she, there's like lawsuits. Uh, she made a fool of herself in this allegedly in an exchange uh, with one of the lawyers for the city or the park district where she allegedly said, I have the biggest dick in Chicago. I mean, it's just a mess. Suddenly she's saying, yeah, we're going to move the, the statue back to the park. Meanwhile, she's got a committee supposedly studying where they're going to move it back. The committee's like, habita, habita, habita. So Bulldog Gregory Pratt tracks down the emails and texts of the committee members, and they're all basically saying the same thing. Huh? What? I didn't know. So that is why. You're absolutely correct. Uh, she's not holding Mayor Lloyd. She cannot stand Gregory Pratt. But, D, why should, why the hate for the Sun-Times? No kidding, right? What Fran, I mean, What did Fran Spielman do to you? I, they, they're kind of – I can't get the words. I mean, they're not hard on you, Lori Lightfoot. You could have held up the bright one, you know? You got a problem with Tommy Two Joints? I think what it is, D. I think she still thinks that we're operating out of that little uh, studio down the hall from the bathroom. She goes, I'm not going to give that hippie guy any attention. <laughs> so it's the New York Times. And here's the joke of it, ladies and gentlemen. As the only person in the city of Chicago who gets the New York Times, the Chicago Tribune, and my beloved bright one, home delivered as a newspaper form every day, I could do a comparison test. So she's holding up the New York Times like this, D, you can see. So the picture shows the front page, and she's acting like she's reading. But if you go to what she's reading, she's not reading a story about Katanji Brown-Jackson. No, this is investigative journalism, ladies and gentlemen. A deep, deep dive here. She's reading the weather report. (laughs) That's what She's reading the weather report. And to quote uh, Simon Garfunkel, get all your news you need in the weather report. I understand that. 
I think there's like two listeners in the world who know that reference. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, did no. you not pay attention to the meeting we had this week? Things that get younger listeners, not oh, mention yeah. Simon and Garfunkel. I, I specifically just... said that. Uh, how about Bruno Mars? There we go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't think younger. I don't know. I don't know who likes Bruno. If I like him, I don't think anybody below the age of forty yeah, likes him. You got a good point there. Um, so here we go. She also could be reading this uh, headline: Shards of space rock that killed dinosaurs may have been found at fossil site. Damn, that's, that's the, a cool story. Yeah, that is a cool story. That could be what she's reading. Anyway, Gregory Pratt, you must be doing something right if the mayor dislikes you so much. All right, let's move on. Uh, from those issues of the day and turn things over to man, admit the legend, proud of Joe Walton, Illinois, who has, oh, what a week it was. Take it away, Dr. D. It's, oh, what a week. We've shortened Uh-oh. it. <laughs> Wanted you to call it, oh, what a week it was. Then you didn't do it. So we changed oh, the name. Now we've Let's changed the name. Them. And now you call it, oh, what a week it was. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> Boy, what a week. Yes, we have our first official Chicago mayoral candidate. Yes, Barack Obama was in Chicago again. And yes, a big, ugly casino will be coming to the city in no time. We'll talk about the news in the city of Chicago this week. But first, the Illinois governor. Face coverings. Sit up! Today, Governor J.B. Pritzker and leaders of the House and Senate agreed on a $45 billion state spending plan. Will any of that money go to the Ben Jarofsky show? Of course not. (laughs) The bill would suspend 1% sales tax on groceries for a year, freeze the state's fuel tax at 39 cents a gallon through January 1st, give a $300 property tax uh, rebates, and send direct checks of up to $50 per individual. Democrats say it's about offering relief to taxpayers, uh, but those Republicans call it a gimmick conveniently timed with the upcoming primary and general elections. What say you, Ben? Absolutely. For once, the Republicans are absolutely correct. Of course. it's not, You guys did the same thing. Don't act like you're ugh, just shocked and outraged. <laughs> Remember Donald Trump? <laughs> with those checks, he signed them. Donald John Trump. That's a big issue, by the way, in the city council. I know we're not supposed to talk about city news. We're talking about state news. But right now, that like the, all of it are very the, – the gas cards. Are you going to be signing these things, Mayor Lori Lightfoot? Will I have your picture on it? Like, oh, she's going to try to reap the benefits of this giveaway, just like the Democrats are going to do. And by the way, to say this, based on my investigative work in downstate Illinois, where I have my ace reporter, my investigative reporter, Dr. D, scouring the landscape looking for Democrats, I don't think it's going to work. For some reason, and I don't know why, people downstate don't like J.B. Pritzker. And I don't know why. they He's one of the nicest, most empathetic governors we've ever had. They don't like him. So you can give him like a thousand. Wait, D, hold on. Hmm. You ha- you're my downstate guy. Yes, I am. How's it going? All right, I don't think $50 is going to do it to get some downstater who, for some reason, doesn't like J.B. Pritzker. So even though, like, 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 the downstater could be just a normal guy, not – really wealthy, not making money off of Republican tax breaks, really. So they just don't like J.B. Pritzker. You, you were the one who pointed this out to me as back in 2019, ladies and gentlemen. So, D, how much money 
do those checks have to be? How high does JB have to go before he flips it? So $50, I think both agree it's not going to do it. No. You give some downstate guy who goes uh, Pritzker sucks sign in his front lawn, he's not going to take that sign up for $50. Would $100 do the trick? hundred dollars. I don't know. You got to add some things into the money. You know, like uh, seventy-five <laughs> bucks and about four quarts of wood. That that may that may win them over. Some firewood. You know what I mean? Give them some firewood. Um, maybe some scratch-off tickets. Um, you got to throw in something else with the deal. You know what I mean? How about some marijuana lace cookies? Would that do the deal? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We're trying to get the you know the conservatives, right? The 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 hard ones. Oh, to yeah. switch you got to figure the people who are already indulging downstate in the marijuana lace cookies are already going to vote for JB. Yeah, they love that guy. Like, oh my oh, god, the guy who <laughs> gave us weed. Yeah, they they love uh, the guy that gave him weed. So listen, we saw Richard Urban, who's basically he's running. We're going to get to him later, but he's essentially a lifelong moderate probably more Democrat than Republican. But Kenny G came to him and said, look, I'll give you unlimited campaign contributions if you just tow the MAGA line. And Richard Urban said, where do I sign up? Okay, so he got $25 million out of it to, to just to throw away all his lifelong <laughs> principles out the window, turn into MAGA man. Oh, well, forget everything I was, forget everything I was for my entire life. I'll take the $25 million. So 25, it took Richard Urban 25 million, okay, just to throw away all his beliefs. I don't think it'll cost that much to get a downstater to throw away. I think you're right. I think $100 and some lottery tickets ought to take care of it. What do you think, D? Huh? Some firewood, you know? <laughs> Fire. What about me, D? Maybe like some uh, some some venison, some uh, you know, some deer meat, throwing some deer meat, <laughs> maybe a uh, pack of skull or something. Deer meat sounds good. You ever had deer meat? Uh, deer meat, no. Oh, I've never had to, unless I was unaware of eating the deer meat. All right. Well, uh, uh, it's it's kind it's kind of over now, but uh, come next uh, season, I'll try to get you some deer meat. I'm looking forward to that. But I'm now thinking, D, what would it take for me? I've been a lifelong lefty. How much money would it take to get me just to start towing the maga line? Oh, you're easy. If Kenny G said. <laughs> I don't know, Kenny G. Maybe it'll probably take more than twenty-five million. I'm just saying. Bull season tickets, Mr. Griffin. Bulls oh. season tickets. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. On, I was. Oh, oh yes, go ahead. On Tuesday, Governor Pritzker signed into law a proposal that gives teachers and other school workers paid administrative leave if they are forced to stay home with COVID-19 or if a family member has COVID and is forced to isolate or quarantine. The measure, HB one one six seven removes the need for teachers to use paid sick leave days, which had been causing strain for some teachers. The law takes effect immediately. Good. I think you have to be vaccinated to get it, though, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, you have to be vaccinated to get it. That's another uh, effort to get people to get vaccinated. Listen, man, I don't blame them. This the, got breaking news. COVID is still here, ladies and gentlemen. And people, I just saw Nancy Pelosi's got COVID. Did you see that, D? Oh, no, I, mean, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, everybody's acting like COVID's not real. That, not at the hideout, though. You want to go to the hideout, you got to wear a mask. How about that, D, huh? And uh, at my public libraries, I love to point out public library. You don't even have to wear a mask at a public library. Everybody's wearing one anyway. And I asked Dennis, why is that the case? And Dennis said, because they're smarter. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> So anyway, well, and I, I'd argue, too, that it's not they don't think it's real. I think they're just kind of weighing the options here now. They've been doing this for how long going? All right. I'm just going to go out and do stuff now. I'm sick of this. 
Right. No, I, I understand that. And uh, like they know I it's real, that, but they're just kind of weighing out, like uh, just saying screw it is really overweighing their decision of <laughs> protecting yes. themselves. I, I agree with that point. And uh, but for some reason, people who go to libraries are opting into the mask. It's, and it, this is what I find fascinating. It, the sign that when you on the wall on the windows when you walk in on the door says excuse me on the door uh that was a joe biden moment let's let, play the radio <laughs> <laughs> uh the sign on the door when you walk in says masks optional and i've not seen anybody who's not wearing a mask which is just an interesting choice uh but uh, anyway uh, covid's very real and so if you're in a classroom you're probably in a position where there's a good chance you're going to get it if it kicks up again uh, so it's good. I think it's a good idea. And thank you, J.B. Pritzker. I like the guy, D. What can I say? I like the guy. You know? Face and, coverage. Uh, sit up, sit up. <laughs> <laughs> a shout out to everyone in that library. Oh, my God. This should, oh, I didn't tell you this. Breaking hmm. news in the Ben Jarofsky show. Hmm. We're going to have a Chicago Sky correspondent. Yes. Not just the Chicago Bulls. But I'm cutting a deal, still in the negotiating stages. My lawyer and her lawyer are meeting and discussing. You know, contracts are going back. Oh, that, none of that is happening. <laughs> I can promise you that, listeners. But I think as soon as next week, we're going to have a Chicago Sky correspondent. We're going to talk about Brittany Griner. That's uh, a story we've not talked about, D. I don't no. know if you've been following that one. Brittany Griner, yeah, yeah. perhaps the greatest uh, woman basketball player in the world. Um I know Chicago Sky fans go, what about Candace Parker? Brittany Griner is an excellent basketball player. And like many um, NBA, WNBA players, uh, she had a, uh, what is it, a second job playing in the Russian Professional League. Uh, and uh, this is the story has kind of been kept under the radar. She was leaving Russia, I think it's been about a month ago. Uh, and then she was detained. They said they found, uh, I think it's found marijuana in her bags. Uh, and... Let I listen. I have no doubt that there's a chance that Brittany Griner smokes reefer, uh, but I I'm not sure I trust uh, them finding the marijuana as opposed to putting it in there. Uh, but anyway, she's been held. She's in, in prison ever since. Can you believe it? It's the greatest women basketball player in the world. Is in prison. It's the equivalent of LeBron James was in prison, and there's been very little discussion to talk about that. So. Uh, you know, we're going to uh, be breaking that one down anyway. So anyway, D, I, sorry, I went on a tangent. No, that's all right. I'm excited for our Chicago Sky coverage. Just as excited as J.B. Pritzker would be. All right, everybody, who's here for the Chicago Sky? Whoa, now. Oh, hey, and it's time for this week's Cranes Chicago Business Magazine story involving J.B. Pritzker. Once again, the article looks very interesting, but also, <laughs> once again, can't read it because of a stupid paywall. But here <laughs> is the headline. It's a mystery. Don't know what really it is, but good headline. Now it's Pritzker, whose Chinese investments draw attention. Shortly after Irvin Becker, Ken Griffin's Chinese investments came to light, there's word that the governor's blind trusts put money in companies with Chinese military ties. Ben, what do you think about that? I think that somebody from the uh, Irvin camp fed that to Cranes. That's what I think about that. Hey, Cranes, you want to eat? Munch, munch. The problem is, Irvin camp, they got the that block. You can't 
get at it. The paywall. <laughs> I know you want to spread it to MAGA, get the word out. So you dutifully feed it to cranes because you know that it's a business publication. They'll be fa- favorable to you. They hate taxes almost as much as Kenny G does. But they have a paywall. Hello. Nope. Although, D, breaking news on What's the that? paywall front. A friend of mine who we name, who will name, be, remain anonymous. Yeah, okay. Okay. I'll just say his first name okay. begins with a K. Oh, my God. K. I think this is Ken Davis. Uh, no, it's not Kenny D. That's <laughs> a good guess. <laughs> um, a friend of mine, his first initial is K, successfully evaded the paywall. I don't know how he did it, but he sent me a text quoting from a Crane's article. How'd you get around the paywall? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> I think every now and then they drop the paywall just to bring you in, lure you in, and then... Paywall comes back. All right, I'm going over a list of your cheap ass friends here. Start with letter <laughs> K. Kevin, hmm, I don't know. You know KB. Mm. What's up, KB? No. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll find out who that is by the end of the show. I will okay. find out who that is. I I may bring him on as a guest next week. So there, that's another hint. Well, what do you think about this? I remember uh, when Pritzker was running against Rauner, we had the hide your money in the Bahamas stuff going on here. Is this uh? Is that what we're leading to here with this story? I mean, I can't yeah. read it because of the paywall, but I have no idea. I can't read it because of the paywall. You think they're? You think Greg Hines is going to cut me in on one of his stories after I like destroyed him in poker? He still hasn't gotten over that. Nineteen eighty-one. Look, God, this guy's good at poker. So I have no idea what it says. But listen, uh, J.B. Pritzker's a billionaire, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what is he worth? Three point five billion, uh, and. Uh, Kenny G, who's bankrolling Richard Irvin, is also a billionaire. He's worth $25 billion. Breaking news, rich guys have investments all over the world. It's called capitalism. They got investments in Russia. They got investments in China. Probably, hey, all you pensioners in Chicago, you, you got investments in Russia and China. It's just reality. It's called international capitalism. And it's like, oh, wait, we should pull our investments. Hello, get start pulling pension funds. Decapitalism is no joke. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, it's tit for tat. And the, the, the embarrassing thing for Republicans is that they're supposed to despise China, which is really weird because they got all these investments in China. So, uh, you know, that's just something they put out to confuse MAGA. And uh, Democrats are supposed to uh, despise Russia because Putin's invaded Ukraine, right? But, dude, money's money. Everybody's trying to make a living, right? So, yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, And I bet you, uh, by golly wow, that that story was fed to cranes by the urban campaign. What do you think, D? I don't know. But to find out more, I guess you got to pay. (laughs) <laughs> to find out so maybe uh, it's good yeah, yeah it could be a great story who knows because you know what they got they got to Kemi Matumbo right there on your computer when you go to get that story get that then he waves his finger <laughs> well hey the Illinois primary election is heating up because my god we have a ton of updates involving the candidates this week it's time for a 2022 Illinois primary candidate update This is a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. Wait for it. Oh, yeah. Uh, First up, 
Of course, it's the Illinois Republican gubernatorial primary election. Oh, never a dull moment with these knuckleheads. Uh, ben, it looks like we may see our first Republican gubernatorial primary debate. Shout out to the Tazewell GOP. They're currently organizing a candidate forum set for April 25th. Who's on board? Well, I'll tell you. State Senator Darren Bailey, former State Senator Paul Schimpf, businessman Gary Rabine, Jesse Sullivan, and attorney Max Solomon. Mentioned a lot of names there, but did you notice that one name is missing? I think we're done. The campaign, of course, is not done. That's right. <laughs> Aurora Mayor turned holy crap. What am I getting myself into? Republican gubernatorial candidate Richard Irvin hasn't responded to repeated requests to participate the Tazewell tassel. Some political know-it-alls say the debate dodge is a political tactic to avoid going on the record on issues that may play differently in the primary than the general election. Oh, yeah. More conservative voters come out for the primary. I don't know who the know-it-alls that you were citing, but they really do know it all. That's absolutely <laughs> correct, ladies and gentlemen. Those know-it-alls are right. Urban's like, look, guys, why should I go in a debate with you? I got Kenny G in the back room printing money for me. Only f debates are for losers, which all of you are because you don't get Kenny G's money. So if he goes to that debate and they ask him a question, let's say, about abortion, and the all the, all the other MAGA guys are like, you know, outlawing abortion in every freaking instance to appeal to MAGA, he's got to join them. But if he goes to MAGA on that issue, it would hurt him in a general election where most voters in this state believe in abortion rights for women. Uh, they believe in reproductive rights. They don't want to see Illinois become another Texas, which has effectively outlawed abortion or Mississippi. OK, or Alabama or all over the country in red states where they're outlawing abortion. They don't want that to happen. And so, um, you know, he he's got to play that game where he dances and dodges. His running mate is an extreme uh, anti-abortion activist uh, legislator. So it's going to be hard to really duck and dodge that. But the reality is uh, the the uh, know-it-alls are correct. Uh, that he doesn't want to have to take any positions whatsoever other than just basically say, I am not J.B. Pritzker. And and then try to assure MAGA that he's with them by saying things like, lefties are afraid of people who look like me and think like us, which is, that's again, the topic of this week's column. What a weird state. Right out of a Jordan Peele movie, ladies and gentlemen. Republicans who look like me and think like us. What do you mean by us? What's the us in that statement? If you think like them, why don't you show up at the debate filled with us's? You're staying away from it. You say you think like an us, but then you don't debate the us's. So all the us's in the state of Illinois are going, what's going on? Are you with us or against us? Good question. <laughs> Good question. Good question, Madam Mayor. <laughs> I don't want to make empty promises to to the residents of Illinois without identifying what the issues are. I mean, that does make sense. Yeah, I go without identifying the issues. So I'm going to spend the next mm, five months identifying the issues, not saying what my position is. On, and then once I'm elected, I'll tell you what the results of my study as to what the issues are. OK, so stick around. Meanwhile, I got another twenty five million dollars worth of Kenny G commercials to run. Could you imagine what great production value we'd have on our show, D, if instead of giving $25 million to uh, Richard Urban, he'd give it to us? 
Oh, Kenny G gave it to us. Oh, wow. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yes, the know-it-alls are absolutely correct. He's avoiding the um, debate because he thinks uh, that all he needs to do to win uh, the Republican nomination is to air commercials saying that he's us. He thinks like us, but he doesn't want to be in the same room with us. So that's that's the little uh, duck and dodge. It's a great point, you Richard br- Urban. It's a great point you bring up because while he may be cutting out on debates, he certainly is not cutting out on stupid campaign television ads. And we hope he never does. It's great content, Richard Urban. Days after the Democratic Governors Association came out with an ad attacking Richard Irvin, we played the ad last week. Ben, you remember it, right? Yes, I did. What were your overall thoughts on that again? I thought that it was, uh, I had two thoughts. One, I didn't like the tone and tenor of the ad as a person who believes uh, that we should uh, stop with the baseless, mindless rhetoric about law and order and just think about these problems and issues. But it's a mud fight. We're down <laughs> in the mud. Let's go. You got if Guys like me who are so high and mighty and idealistic, we get crushed. We, we, we get relegated to our attics overlooking the alley, okay? We're, so, you know, don't listen to me. Just get in the mud with the rest of them if you want to get elected. So those are my conflicting thoughts on that ad. Well, days after that ad, Richard Irvin came out with a counterattack ad, accusing Pritzker of trying to hijack the Republican primary. The 30-second TV spot titled Best Chance also focuses on Irvin's work as a soldier and prosecutor to counter the DGA ad that criticized his work as a defense attorney. Who's paying for this false ad against Richard Irvin? Check the fine print. The new ad paid for by the Democratic Governors Association. Republicans call it meddling. Richard Irvin was right. Now Governor Prisker's afraid that I'll beat him too. That's why Pritzker's trying to hijack the Republican primary. Because a combat veteran, tough-on-crime prosecutor, back-the-blue mayor like Richard Irvin is Pritzker's worst nightmare and our best chance to take back our state. <laughs> well, at least he didn't say he thinks like us in that commercial, all right? Yeah, so that's the thing. So, by the way, notice how he says that the Democrats are backing or the ones financing it. Why don't you do a commercial, Richard Irvin, about who's financing your commercials? Wouldn't you love that? Hi, I'm Richard Irvin, and Kenny G gave me this money. Wee! <laughs> Sorry. But you notice the tagline there. Uh, again, Pritzker's worst nightmare. I guess yeah. they're, they're going to go with a lot of that, huh? Yeah, they're going with that. And uh, I don't, I, I, again, I explore this in my column. Um, I'm not even certain that that's in terms of just if you're isolating the matter to who has the best chance of defeating Pritzker, uh, the, 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 the reigning theory, and this is obviously what Kenny G came up with, which is why he plucked from obscurity uh, Richard Irvin to run, is that a person who's more or less moderate can beat um, J.B. Pritzker. But you can't be more or less moderate and still get MAGA to vote for you. So at some point, He's going to have to take an issue, even if it's one-on-one with Pritzker, on the issues that motivate MAGA. So, you know, for instance, the election. Did Donald Trump win? Was it stolen? You know what I'm saying? At some point, he's going to have to take a stand, right? And then MAGA MAGA will be listening. See, Richard Urban's role, my, and this is me speaking, Richard Urban's role, which is uh, when rich guys back him, 
is to make sure that rich guys don't pay more in taxes. Well, that's not an issue that really affects MAGA. You know, I mean, how many billionaires are in the MAGA ranks, D? You follow what I'm saying? I mean, you know MAGA guys. Do you know any MAGA? Well, do you know any billionaires? Let's strike that. Yeah. You no, know? No, I don't. <laughs> okay. I don't know a lot of MAGA billionaires. I mean, there's some, but so, you know, you giving tax breaks to Kenny G is not going to rouse MAGA. They want to hear you say Donald Trump is our savior. They want to hear you say the election was stolen. They want to hear you say uh, a ban on all abortion. You know, those, that's what they want to hear you say. They want to hear you say lock them up, and then the lock them up could be everybody from Nancy Pelosi to Hillary Clinton. I don't know how you're going to get MAGA to sh- show up. You know, if you're pulling your punch, you're not showing up to debates. So, D, I'm not sure that the conventional wisdom is correct uh, in that uh, Richard Irvin is the best chance to beat Pritzker because whatever suburbanites he picks up, I don't know how many of those he will, he's going to lose some mega. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Listen, I don't, you know, it's a, this is not my problem figuring out <laughs> the best. This thankfully falls into the category of not my problem. <laughs> Seriously though, Irvin, Griffin, let's put out an ad. I'd love to see it. Let's make these ads entertaining. What about an ad where you see, like, uh, you know how they did on Seinfeld with uh, George Steinbrunner? How you'd see, like, the yes. back of him? All right, let's do that. The back of J.B. Pritzker in, like, a little, uh, in some pajamas, and he's sleeping, and he wakes up. Oh, my God. <laughs> J.B. Pritzker's worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Come on. That's... Let's get those ads going. Yeah. <laughs> The enemy is you. Okay. All right. What is that? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, my God. Nightmare. (laughs) Hey, more Richard Irvin news, everybody. Richard Irvin's campaign for governor is acknowledging it sent out mailers blasting Republican primary rival Darren Bailey that violated a state election code. Oops. Uh, It's a requirement by not disclosing who paid for them. The mailers, which began appearing in mailboxes late last week, came from a post office box in Aurora, where Irvin is mayor, but failed to directly disclose that they were paid for by Irvin's campaign as required under the election code. Oh, boy, those wonky election rules, huh? Yeah. Why would he do that? That's really dumb. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And by the way, the flyers were, uh, again, utterly ridiculous. They're trying to position, uh, uh, they're trying to question the MAGA credibility of uh, DB, Darren Bailey, who's the maggiest man in the state of, well, I don't know if he's number one. I think Kat and Zara. It's neck and neck. Who do you think's more Maggie, uh, Kat and Zara or DB, Darren Bailey? Darren Bailey. You think so? Jackie yeah. C is, I mean, he wears Trump for president t-shirts. Man. He hasn't moved yet. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's still here in the city. Come on, Johnny. You know, Florida's calling you. Yeah. D, 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 D. That's Hawaii. I love so the whatever. pizza. Like he loves the pizza. He, he can't leave. <laughs> Dare Bailey. I'm, I ain't living there. Hell no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I okay, so DB's the maggiest man. All right, well, I'll I'll go along with you in that one. So I, I don't know, Richard. I don't know what you. Nobody's falling for that. Okay, I'm just saying. There's better ways to spend Kenny G's money than uh, putting out flyers, which you don't even like. You're violating the law. Get a lawyer who knows you know the law to, to run your campaign. Uh, but there's better ways to waste. I mean, spend uh, Kenny G's money than uh, attacking. 
the MAGA. You, by the way, what a way of having it both ways. You know what I'm saying? On one hand saying, uh, the maggiest MAGA man of all is not really that Maggie. Uh, and then at the same time saying, I'm Maggie, but I'm not so Maggie that it'll turn off suburban voters. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my head is exploding. <laughs> and that's why he stays away from debates, folks. He's just like, nah, I'll just stay away. Nah, you know. Richard Irvin, please explain yourself. I don't want to make empty promises okay. to, to the residents of Illinois mm-hmm. without identifying what the issues are. Oh, you say that a lot. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> And Richard Irvin is definitely the winner of our quote of the week. And, you know, say what you will about the guy. I think he's got a good handle on this whole governor thing. (laughs) Irvin is featured in a profile piece about his life leading up to his campaign for governor. In the piece, Richard Irving said, Running a state isn't much different than running a city. Quote, All a state is is a a number of cities, (laughs) just like the city of Aurora. So if we can do it here, we can do it everywhere throughout the state and improve the entire state and make the whole state safe. Get in this debate, dude. I know. With logic like that, I mean, you, can you imagine if he said that on the debate stage, Darren Bailey would just go, that's it. I throw my hands up. The brilliance of that remark. I just what can I do? Can't compete with that. And Gary Rabai would be like, I quit. I'm out of here. And thank you, Eric Zorn, for being the only man in the state of Illinois that knows how to pronounce my name. You know, they'd all quit. And it's like, it would just, wouldn't even have to have a primary. And one more time for those who are having trouble wrapping their head around this quote here from Richard Irvin. Running a state isn't much different than running a city. All a state is, is a number of cities. Wow. Just like the city of Aurora. Wait, but what about little towns? Don't they count? No. Oh, my God, there was a hilarious, 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 hilarious column. I can't give the Washington Post credit uh, about the issue. I'm going to have a conversation with this about Romana. Uh-oh, going to give away moment. Uh, about the whole issue of what, how to define a woman. And uh, D, I don't know if you saw this Katanji Brown-Jackson uh, confirmation hearing. And uh, what was it? Marsha Blackburn, the senator from Tennessee, got, thought she had a gotcha moment. And asking uh, Jackson, what, uh, how did she define a woman? A woman, uh, anyway. Um, uh, so this reporter went around asking various Republicans for their definitions of uh, what a woman is. And I'll tell you what, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Whoa, god dang, that is one odd character. That's all I'm gonna say. So we'll be discussing that with uh, Romana. What is a woman? Go ahead. All right, now, if you're like me, you're sick of hearing the name Richard Irvin by now. So let's move on to the next Republican gubernatorial hopeful, one Jesse Sullivan. And Jesse Sullivan, welcome to the big boys table. You just got a million dollar donation. This week, Sullivan received a one million dollar donation from Assurion CEO Kevin Tawil and $50,000 from DRW Training Group's Don Wilson. And, well, I guess he heard that Darren Bailey ad last week and got a little worried because this week, Jesse Sullivan put out a brand new campaign ad himself. What's the ad about? Surprise. Not really. It's crime. The ad's about crime. And just like the others, this ad features testimonies from police officers. The ad is titled Backed by the Blue. Four years of anti-police rhetoric and our communities are paying the price. We need a governor 
not another career politician who will have our back. Conservative leader with a plan to crack down on crime. That's why I trust Jesse Sullivan. Jesse Sullivan. Jesse Sullivan. I'm an outsider and a man of faith called to protect and serve. They've got our backs. They deserve a leader who has theirs. Let's go save Illinois. Apparently the only problem in Illinois. Wow. Let's go save Illinois. Like what a just just thinking about that. You know, let's go put on a play. Come on, guys. Remember make that Mickey Rooney bit. Let's go put on a play. Let's just go save Illinois. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, how, what, where do you begin? You know, and what does that even mean? Listen, poor Jesse Sullivan. Jesse Sullivan thought that he would have the position uh, that Richard Urban has. And that is an unknown who has no background of MAGA comments uh, that would fire up lefties, who uh, has friends of like the Democratic persuasion because the guy made his money in California with all these venture capitalists. So he figured, I'll just come home to uh, Illinois because he, he did grow up here, run for governor, and just like on vague things like, let's go save Illinois. And all the smart, rich guys in the state will think I'm the one who can get the swing votes we need to defeat J.B. Pritzker and cut taxes. Instead, what happens, he figured he's, he's got it locked up, D. Instead, what happens is that Kenny G says, nah, I'm going with this guy, this mayor of Aurora that no one's ever heard of. Of course, no one ever heard of Jesse Sullivan either for that. More people heard of uh, the mayor of Aurora than they've heard of Jesse Sullivan. So, yeah, deep now he's really struggling. And now $50,000 donation, that's a lot of money. God, what if the guy gave it to the Ben Jarofsky show, huh? But <laughs> In terms of $25 million? Hello? He got the million-dollar donation as well. Which one? He got a million dollars as well from Asurion CEO Kevin oh. Tawil. All right, hold on. Let me do the math. $1 million, $25 million. Hold on. Calculate the Well, air. you know, I'm just saying. $24 million. <laughs> Poor Jesse Sullivan. And now the only people talking about Jesse Sullivan are two lefty. Well, one lefty and... I guess you're kind of a lefty. He did vote for Bernie Sanders, ladies and gentlemen. You know, he's a little, he's a little more lefty than he wants to let out. Just saying, Doctor D, that is. So, um, anyway, so yeah, I feel a little sorry for Jesse Sullivan. D, feel a little sorry for him. Oh. Oh, also a follow up. Uh, Sullivan is still going through some petition challenges oh, at yeah. the moment. Oh, yeah, not going to go to jail or anything, but. <laughs> Last week, we heard allegations that Sullivan's petitions contain hundreds of fake signatures. We didn't know who challenged them, but since we have learned that it is the ping pong wizard himself, yes, the parking lot prodigy McHenry County businessman and Republican rival Gary Rabine, who is challenging <laughs> Sullivan. Sullivan says the allegations are not true, but you can see the petitions for yourself on the Internet. Now, I heard uh, Rabine does have an idea to settle this petition challenge. <laughs> Oh, he's good at ping pong, guys. Oh. See that voice? That may be him. That may be the only piece of audio I have of Gary Rabine. Oh, oh by the way, do you know that the Who uh, wrote a song about Gary Rabine? It's called Ping Pong Wizard. Da, 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 da. Sorry, that's 
That's a bad joke. The who? (laughs) Who? Anyway. That's a bad joke. All right. Now to the Secretary of State race. Mm. What was once a layup for a guy who sounds a lot like Barack Obama? In many respects, uh, (laughs) a lot of people in this country uh, fear change. Sorry, I just can't get over it. But was once a layup for Alexei Genulius. Uh, well, this Secretary of State race has now turned into one of those really hard half-court shots. Alexei is still fighting, and the numbers are in. The Democratic candidate for Illinois Secretary of State has raised $600,000 during the first quarter of 2022, which ended March 31st. That puts him at having... million on hand. The Giannullius campaign just released their first TV ads as well. We've played ads from uh, from them before, but I guess they were just internet ads. These were TV ads. And Ben, this guy may have won you over this week, all right? The ads titled Assist and Lineup feature Giannullius, who played professional basketball in Spain, patiently teaching a group of children the fundamentals of the game. Not only is this a basketball ad, well, right up Ben Jarofsky's alley, it's also a basketball coaching ad. Oh, even more up your alley, Ben. He gives a uh, nod to Barack Obama, with whom he played pickup basketball during the presidential campaign. All right, here we go. Ben's favorite political campaign ad coming up. First, it's assist. I'm Alexei Janulius. Before I was inspired to enter public service by my friend Barack Obama, I used to play basketball for a living. We won when we made it easier for our teammates to score. Now I'm running for Secretary of State because government has to stop making our lives harder. Waiting in line costs us time and money. Government needs to step up and make life easier for everyone. Wow, sort of a vague promise to end lines at motor vehicle spots. Uh, I don't know, D. You know, there been a lot. You would think that if it was easy to end lines at uh, motor vehicle bureaus or whatever they're called, somebody would have done it a long time ago. True. Every motor vehicle bureau I've ever been to has had a line. I mean, have you ever been to a motor vehicle bureau in California? I've been to one, oh, okay? And there are lines there, too. In fact, I was at a motor vehicle bureau place in Connecticut. Yeah, I've really studied this issue, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. And, and there were lines there. Now, it's true. I've never been at one in Alabama or a red state. Maybe they've eliminated lines. I don't know. I doubt it, though. But it's interesting promise. It's like somebody sees that commercial thing, they're going to think, wow, I'm going to vote for this guy, and there will be no more lines at a motor vehicle bureau. I'm going to vote for him right now. You know what? There have been dumber reasons for people to vote for other candidates, like, for instance, whether they're good basketball players. That would be a dumb reason to vote for somebody. Well, and yet, I mean, that's about to change your vote. I feel the poll. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, so you can't see the commercial, ladies and gentlemen, but it's show him dribbling. The guy's good. Let me just uh, let me just address this point. Now, I happen to know a little bit about this, and I'm going to really try to stick to politics and not go to sports. Because you know me, and if I have the opportunity to talk basketball, look out. That's 10 minutes. Okay, so I'm going to really stay It's about to happen. It's about to happen. But I'm going to limit it to basketball. So it's true. Uh, Alexi played basketball with Barack Obama. Barack Obama's form of entertainment uh, back in the O's, I think he he still did it in the White House, uh, was to play basketball. He had a regular group that he played with. Uh, And Alexi was probably the second best player in that group. Now, D, for 10 trivia points, 
Let's see if you can name the best basketball player in the Friends of Barack Obama. We play basketball with Barack basketball group. Alexi's number two. Who is number one? David Axelrod. No, oh, God. <laughs> David, I've explained this. David Axelrod has a fairly decent three-point shot. He doesn't move well. He can't move to his left or his right. He can't jump, but his great contribution to any basketball team he plays on is his creative scorekeeping. So his team will score. It could be two to one. His team scores a basket, and all of a sudden his team's winning four to two. How did that happen? Hey, guys, the team that keeps score is the one that wins the game. Anyway, no, you're wrong. Arnie Duncan. Say what you will about Arnie Duncan. You know, he got out of the race. Lori Life threw oh, one elbow. That's the, it. I'm out of here. The real AD? Yes, the real AD. Who's the other AD? Anthony Davis. Come on. Oh, yes, AD. Yeah. Now, oh, my God. You actually went to basketball. I, th- I was thinking politics. Uh, yes. Uh, Arnie Duncan's the best. Uh, of, and then there's a guy named John Rogers that you've never heard of. But if you're in finance, you'll know that, that guy's a really good basketball player. So it's Alexi is for really a great basketball player. Uh, but I don't know how many people in the state of Illinois are going to vote for him for that reason. By the way, I hear the J.B. Pritzker campaign is getting motivated by these ads. Uh, J.B. is going to play offensive tackle and block and help (laughs) (laughs) block the line and help out the state of Illinois. But, hey, while Alexi Genulius is having fun making commercials and playing basketball, his SOS opponent, Anna Valencia, came up with a novel idea. And i got to say, it's a little better than just uh, eliminating the big, long lines at the DMV. Valencia has come out with a series of policy initiatives. She wants to create a DMV online payment portal, launch an app, stand up, self-service kiosks to renew vehicle registration and implement blockchain solutions to protect data. The goal, her campaign said in a statement, is to modernize government. Uh, Valencia led a similar modernization effort in the Chicago City Council, where she serves as clerk by instituting electronic voting. You know, you know, by the way, I read that article today. I I actually read. Notice who doesn't get any mention whatsoever. My guy in the race, notice, nothing, not a word. I know. About Alderman David Moore, 17th Ward, City of Chicago. I mean, nothing about his basketball game, nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, wow. You just just going to not mention the guy? Is that it? Is that it's only a two-person race? You're just going to ignore David Moore? Is that it? Huh? Shaking my By the way, I think David Moore ran track at Simeon. Don't call me on that. All right. Let's so get... He was an athlete back in the day. We got to get a track ad, you know. Uh <laughs> Like the baton, someone handing the state of Illinois over to David Moore, you know what I mean? And he starts running. Boy, I need to get in a campaign company or something. Yes, you should. That's a good ad uh, right there. Can you imagine yeah. the track and someone holding like a baton, but it's shaped like Illinois? And then they yeah. hand it over to David Moore, and David Moore takes it and just hauls ass down the... I, I uh, My, my um, position right now is this, um, that less sports and more substance. How about that? Harumph! <laughs> Harumph. Oh, grumpy. At least guns. they're not. I mean, at least they're not saying this is what the, the Republican secretary of state crime is destroying our state. And as secretary of state, even though it has absolutely nothing to do with anything remotely resembling crime, I will crack down on those offenders. <laughs> Take back our state. At least they're not doing that. D. All right. Now to the news in the city of Chicago. Hey. Welcome back, Barack Obama. In many respects, uh, <laughs> a lot of people in this country 
uh, fear change. A day after visiting the White House, former President Barack Obama swooped into Chicago, where he, whoa, <laughs> Barack Obama swooped into Chicago, where he talked policy and hit up a Bulls game. He also scheduled to meet with students from Hyde Park Academy High School and spoke at a conference at the University of Chicago's Institute of Politics. Uh, the conference was titled Disinformation and the Erosion of Democracy. Obama expressed concern about the decline of local newspapers, social media companies profiting on conflict and anger based journalism. Yeah, it's all coming together. He was uh, complaining about the decline of local newspapers. And meanwhile, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's promoting The New York Times. Just saying, dude, it all comes together. Yeah, Barack Obama just came to Chicago. And then one breathless article whenever Barack Obama makes an appearance in Chicago, it's like, oh my God. We're not insignificant nothings. Barack Obama is among us. You know, like people conveniently forgetting that as soon as he sized up Chicago, he says, I'm getting out of here as soon as I can. And he did. But every now and then he comes back. He comes to a bulls. He gives a speech, tells us how bad we are. You know, uh, just think it's horrible. Uh, newspaper today. And then, you know, goes to a bulls game and see ya. What do you want to be ya? By the way, he, uh, I, I had knew about this long before it was reported, wherever you read that. I think it was Shia that you're reading that from. Uh, and you know how? Because I had my source at the United Center. Yes. And my source, we'll call him Deep Throat. Uh, and he sent me a text that said, Barack Obama's at the game. Because my source was at the game as well. And then I said, who has better seats? Source, you are Barack Obama. <laughs> and I'm sad to say, my source did not have seats nearly as well, but nearly as good as no, Barack did Obama. Not. But shout out to Jim Coogan for sending us that text. That was really cool. Hey, that was my secret source. <laughs> <laughs> no, he sent us the picture. He was like uh, Barack Obama, like oh, hanging out with Benny the Bull. We're buddies. <laughs> Even that White Sox creature was there. It was cool. Yeah. Well, I think it was White Sox night. Oh, uh, it okay. was White Sox night. It was Wednesday's Bulls. Oh, let's not discuss the game. Bulls, my beloved Bulls are really struggling right now, ladies and gentlemen. Really struggling right now. Everybody's jumping off the bandwagon. That's the sound of everybody jumping off the bandwagon. Barack Obama, he jumped on briefly and he goes, God, I'm getting out of here. This Bulls team sucks. <laughs> Gotta say, the Boston Celtics looking really good. Yeah, now watch. He's going to be rooting for the Celtics now. Oh, I love the Celtics. All right. Anything else you'd like to say about Barack Obama's visit to Chicago? Anything? Nothing other than I have to point something out. What? And I point this out all the time. All the complaining and moaning and groaning I do about Barack Obama post-presidency. If his name was on the ballot, D, I'd be voting for him. <laughs> Can't help myself. Every time I see his name, I just like, I gotta vote for him. I gotta vote for him. All right. Up next. Hey, can we go gambling in Chicago already? Hmm. Come on. Yes, Chicago is looking to host a casino, and the competition is on. Who can draw the ugliest building? And more importantly, who will give over the most money to build said casino? Well, we have yet another drawing of an ugly building and another proposal. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Mitchell Armentrout. A clout-heavy group of casino developers on Thursday pitched South Loop residents on their plan to build a brand new 
doing air quotes here, neighborhood from the ground up that they say will create a new, air quotes, epicenter of Chicago tourism known as the 78 for its potential to become the city's 78th official community area. Its 62 vacant areas have seen other grand plans surface and fail repeatedly over the years, and many in the community say they want the casino proposal to meet the same fate. What are you thinking about the 78 here, bud? I am not a fan of the 78 and uh, the 70, I call it Resco Field or Resco Village uh, in honor of the man who used to own it, Tony Resco, who went to federal prison for some corruption charge or nothing. They always bury that. Although sometimes I actually mentioned it today. Got to give uh, Armand Child credit. He actually mentioned that. Uh, usually the, uh, the people just kind of don't want that association because here's the, the situation folks uh this is a freaking scam i discussed this uh, on a rant yesterday and i'll probably rant about it some more uh, i had the conversation with uh, raymond lopez about it he basically agreed with me uh and and that is this is that any money they spent building this casino would be money that they could spend on other infrastructure needs that the city of chicago has and i talked about potholes in particular see how calm i am d I'm just, I'm channeling my inner uh, WBEZ. That's good. Uh, and uh, yeah, you like this? I can be calm like someone on BEZ. I'm going to pretend I'm on WBEZ right now. And so what they're doing, ladies and gentlemen, is they've decided that it's probably in the infinite uh, best interests of the city of Chicago to take care of the financial needs of really wealthy people. And uh, it's of secondary importance to take care of the needs of ordinary human beings who live in areas outside of the wealthy parts of town. And so they will justify huge amounts of public expenditures for a casino on the grounds that they're fixing infrastructure. Well, the only reason they're fixing infrastructure next to where the casino is, is to service the casino. There would be no need to fix the infrastructure there if they weren't having the casino there. And yet by emphasizing the, the infrastructure part of it, they figure that people throughout the city of Chicago, Roseland, Englewood, Rogers Park, West Rogers Park, North Center, Pilsen, everybody would just nod their head. Well, Ben, that's reasonable. They're fixing infrastructure needs. Meanwhile, the street in front of said person's house in Pilsen has a pothole in it big enough to land a spaceship. <laughs> and I know this because I took a drive just the other night to Pilsen where I dropped a flash drive off at Dr. D's house. And I drove all the way from the north side to Pilsen, ladies and gentlemen. I haven't done that in a while. The, you know, since the pandemic, I'm kind of isolated in yeah. my little attic. But all I was doing, I was like a skier, slalom skier going around potholes, one pothole after another. And that's when it hit me. The pothole filling season of Chicago is that year leading up to the election. But really, like, it's down to six months. Leading, I think the city of Chicago's leaders come together and go, how late can we hold off filling potholes so we can save the money to give it to other things that nobody really cares about, but we got to give it to these rich people so they're happy. How how long do we have to hold off? I think they got it down to a science D. Like if the elections in February, they don't start filling potholes till like August. You know what I'm saying? And that's the pothole filling season, like four months before an election. Meanwhile, you're like Jean Claude Keeley. Oh, there's a name no one knows about. Uh, going through the the stakes as you go down the, the the great hill skiing. That's what it's like to drive from the north side of Chicago to Dr. D's house in Pilsen. <laughs> Just go around the potholes. But meanwhile, the Sun-Times and the Tribune is telling you, what a great idea. They're going to take care of the infrastructure needs of the casino. <laughs> it's like, 
you know, if I was going to go on a rant, except for being uh, the very cool, calm, and thoughtful WBEZ type guest, I would say they're going to have potholes so smooth that you can eat breakfast off of them, D, without a placemat. Just put the food right down on the pothole. No, not pothole. Just put it right down on the freshly paved street. So there you go, D. I'm watching this. I, I, I kind of get the light at it because they've got it down to a science how they can get the city of Chicago to sign off on a huge expenditure that won't benefit the people who live in the city of Chicago. It's brilliant, D. It's absolutely brilliant. I'm in awe of it. I would say that it's second only to the maestro, Kenny G, who right now is convincing people, MAGA people, that somehow or other, this centrist named Richard Irvin is in their best interest. <laughs> it's brilliant. Anyway, D, did you like that? That was good. Did you see how, how busy, calm I was? Oh, I mean, yeah, that part was kind of lame. <laughs> but, you know, hey, I liked your overall point. That was good. It's almost like um, it's like the Cracker Barrel strategy. You're familiar with the restaurant Cracker Barrel? Yes. Well, what they do, if you've noticed, all Cracker Barrels are along the highway, right? So, like, they don't care one bit about the people who are actually in the town the Cracker Barrel is in. You know what I mean? They just want the people that are coming off the highway, you know? So it's kind of like a Cracker Barrel thing uh, the city does with this casino. Yes. What a nice area. One nice area in the whole city. That's where the Cracker Barrel is going to go. <laughs> yeah. And they don't care about the people actually live there. They, all the people visiting. You know what I mean? What's up with that? I actually, I have a confession to make. You love Cracker Barrel. No. I've only been there once. Oh. Yeah. I've only been to a Cracker Barrel once in my entire life. And that was because I was accompanying a, uh, was it a cross-country team or a track team on a Long journey. It was not a comfortable thing in that Cracker Barrel, but I'll tell that story another time. Yeah. All right, back to you. But I'll, I will say this. I'm with you on the, the weird thing you're talking about with Cracker Barrel, but have you ever heard of chicken fried chicken? I didn't until Cracker Barrel. No, that sounds good. Though. Oh, my God. It's real good, dude. <laughs> chicken fried chicken. That's a thing? Yeah. It, it does sound good. All right. And finally, it's the latest episode between a mayor and her alderman. A mayor. And her alderman. <laughs> Plot twist. An alderman is running for mayor. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times in Fran Spielman. Alderman Ray Lopez of the 15th Ward said Wednesday he's giving up a safe city council seat to run for mayor against his nemesis, incumbent Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Nemesis? I mean, that's a little harsh, don't you think? I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. I think you're 100% full of shit, is what I think. If you think oh, we no offense, well, fuck you then. Who are you to tell me I'm full of shit? All right, maybe Nemesis is perfect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> During a speech, Lopez promised to fire Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown if elected mayor, saying he's been a failure, vowing to find the new superintendent from within the CPD ranks. On Wednesday, Lopez became the very first candidate to formally enter the race to force Chicago's first black female and openly gay mayor into political retirement after just one term. What are his chances of becoming mayor? Ben, we're going to go to you. But first, shout out to Marianne Ahern, who reminded us this week of this little factoid. No alderman has ever been elected mayor. Ben Jarofsky. Well, I would say uh, it's a long shot. And 
let me promote the Ben Jarofsky show yesterday by chance. Uh, that uh, aforementioned Alderman Raymond Lopez was our guest. Folks, as I said in the show in the introduction, I had no idea he was about to announce for mayor. I cut the deal with him on Tuesday. Keep those cards close to us. Oh, but he had time to tell Marianne Ahern. He had time to tell Tucker Carlson. He had time to tell Fran Spielman. Okay, Raymond, I see you. Okay. It would have been a huge scoop. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, yeah, sure, I'll come on your show. Anyway, uh, so we took the deep. It's a very much of a long shot, D. I, I never, never say never in Chicago politics. In the back of my mind, part of me thinks there's still a chance, even though he said he wasn't going to do this, that he'll drop the mayoral campaign uh, and run for re-election. There's always that possibility. You ever think of that, D? Because huh? 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 he pointed out <laughs> he's what? pretty much unbeatable in the 15th Ward. Uh, so there's always that. But it's uh, let's say he uh, stays true to this goal of being elected mayor. It's a very much of a long shot. Yeah, he, uh, you know, they always say in politics, "What's your path to victory?" That's what they always say. Uh, that's what the David Axelrod said. "What's your path to victory?" So I asked him yesterday. I was really, 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 really trying to be like a real radio journalist. D, uh, what's your path to victory? Yeah, I heard that. I was like, "Whoa, yeah. big time!" Oh, that's impressive. Ooh, someone had lunch. <laughs> someone's been listening to WBZ. So what's your path to victory? He goes, I had a path. <laughs> then he went on his path. Uh, but as we've now come to understand, but some of us, you know, we need uh, to be reminded of this. All you got to do is make the runoff, ladies and gentlemen. That's what you got to do. So he's got to figure out how to get, well, the last runoff, it took 14% of the vote. I think that's what it is off the top of my head. In two, uh, 2019, Tony Preckwinkle and Lori Lightfoot each got around 14% of the vote in the first round. So, you know, if 14 people run, maybe 15% will get you in the runoff. I don't know. It's I'm just throwing out numbers, spitballing ideas here. Uh, so could he get 15% of the vote? His, I mean, he's running as a, a like a, Republicans ask candidate. So that means first issue is will Johnny Catanzaro run? Johnny Catanzaro, head of fraternal order police, uh, is uh, has said he will run. I'm a little skeptical of that. But if Johnny C gets in the race, you know, they're competing for the same votes, D. And I asked him about that uh, yesterday in the show. Remember, he, mm -hmm. then he started trash talking Johnny Catanzaro. Not really. He, he was. He goes. I'm not even sure he's going to run. So I don't know. Dave, it's a long shot. A long shot. I mean, he is literally the first person to uh, to announce he's running. I mean, Lightfoot hasn't even announced yet. I mean, she's. Wait a minute. What did Mayor? Uh, what did Mary Ann Ahern say? What was the exact quote? Oh, uh, she just reminded us that no alderman has been elected mayor before. Okay, elected is key because uh, Eugene Sawyer was elected. Uh, uh, alderman Eugene Sawyer to Sixth Ward was elected uh, by his colleagues on the city council ah. after Harold Washington died. And then when he ran uh, for election to a full term in front of the voters, the voters, in their infinite wisdom, decided to vote for Ray, uh, Richard M. Daly. <sighs> Don't blame me, D. I voted for Sawyer. Um, but uh, so anyway, yeah, she's probably correct. So uh, Neil Walderman has been elected. Is, the, is there someone out there who saw this news on their TV? Some, uh, you know, who's got some political pull in the city of Chicago and saw this Raymond Lopez announcement and went, oh, hell no, I'm running now. That's a great question. The answer is no. Hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, I just got, by the way, a flyer. I'll show this to you. All our listeners can see the flyer. 
um, I got this flyer in the mail from my congressman, uh, Congressman Mike Quigley. And guess what, D? Here's the headline. <laughs> uh, Chicago has a crime crisis. Representative Mike Quigley is working to make our community safer. So this is a public document official business that sure looks like uh, it's the start of his campaign for mayor. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't really talk about any congressional issues, you know, that uh, are facing our nation. It doesn't talk about Donald Trump in any way or, you know, the insurrection and how he's standing with Biden. Uh, it's all about cracking down, d- d- down on illegal gun sales, create local gun buyback programs, et cetera, and so forth. So uh, it sure seems to me uh, that Mike Quigley is about to jump into the race. All right. So Mike Quigley, that's a possibility. Uh, Mayor Lightfoot. Still hasn't announced, but we do have some news here. She uh, says here after a first quarter uh, fundraising frenzy, the mayor has one point seven million dollars in cash in her primary political account. So she's got money there. She hasn't really announced it, but she's got money. But mm-hmm. veteran political operatives say she may need fifteen million dollars to mount a successful defense of her record in a reelection campaign. I mean, it's just Raylo that's announced fifteen million dollars. Uh, let's see here. Lightfoot's big haul. It says recent donations to the mayor's campaign funds: fifty-nine thousand nine hundred dollars from LPAC, fifteen thousand dollars from the Latino Leadership Council, twelve thousand each from Brooke Skinner Ricketts. Spot Hero and Machine, Spot Hero and Machine Entertainment Group. Uh, let's see, six thousand dollars from Cook County Board of Review Commissioner Larry Rogers Jr. Five thousand from Cinespace Chicago Film Studios. Yeah. Uh, by the way, and this, was that you're quoting from a Sun Times article where the mm-hmm. the unnamed political operatives yeah. say she needs to raise fifteen million. First of all, I believe anyone should be named in a story. Political <laughs> operative, no. What are you saying that is so controversial? But I think a political operative who says that Mayor Lori Lightfoot needs to raise $15 million is really saying, raise more money so you can pay me to run your campaign. That's what they're saying. Reading between the lines. Raise more money so I can have it to put produce commercials, just like the ones that Kenny G is play, paying for Richard Irvin. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews. Ben, who we got this weekend? I got a Ramana. Uh, we'll be on in about two hours. Samina Mustafa makes her return. Uh, oh, what a great! Co- oh, my, Miles Camplasa was on fire yesterday. We did a whole uh, deep dive on Amazon, and then we got in a whole like rich guys. We started. We went on this riff about rich guys, uh, Bezos and Elon Musk. Fascinating stuff. Tell you what, even Miles is really smart. You ever notice that? Oh yeah, the guy is really smart. Uh, Miles Kempflassen from In These Times. So a lot of great uh, thinkers, good friends of my show. Um, That's uh, the next three days. Yeah, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Check it out. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y, or wherever else you download podcasts. All right. Send us an email, BennyJShow at gmail.com. Did you hear us on Lumpin' Radio, that interview with Raylo? Yeah. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week for the uh, Oh, What a Week. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend. Got to uh, thank him from uh, Alton, Illinois, and his uh, Raylo, and uh, Michael Girardi, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, and Mike Quigley will tell you back home and on. They call him Dr. D, and the D stands for tomorrow. Let's give yourself a raise. Take it up, petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. I want an answer. I want an answer.